Welcome to Growing Up Fire with Jamie Coots. Seahawk, it is our commitment to you that you have complete access to the top professionals, industry experts, and products for your fire service. We stand by the service and products we provide. We are proud of our past, and we are constantly listening to our customers and exploring new ways to bring better options to the fire service. This is Seahawk. High level, safety, service, security. Please visit our website at www.seahawkservice.ca or give us a call at 1-888-791-4210. Welcome to Growing Up Fire, Season 3, Episode 23. I can't believe it. I'm here with Chad and Lee and Jake and going to introduce you to these young guys here kind of one at a time. I'll tell you guys that I never thought in a million years we'd all be sitting in this room together in Slave Lake talking about you being in a fire program. Um, I met you all in different ways over the years and we'll talk about that as we go along. But uh, I'm super pumped you're here. So thanks guys for yes. being here. Thank so you very much. Thanks. Thank we'll see if you're still excited in about an hour. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Chad, let's start with you. I know your dad pretty good, right? But you came over here. We talked about this in a podcast a little while ago, and you actually came over to Slave Lake once before. So let's kind of recap that. Yeah, so it started, like, my 14th birthday. I, Me and my dad, like, it was always a dream to be in the fire service. And I kind of went through the process back home, and 28 days later, dad was like, we're going to Alberta. And I was like, oh, okay. I get out here, didn't know a soul out here. And, like, first 20 minutes, I met Ryan and you. And it kind of just went from there with the conference. Like, it was such an amazing experience, and I've always wanted to come back, and here I am. What That's, like... In a career full of highlights, that's a big highlight for me is that conference yeah. in 2018, the CVFSA came to town. Yeah, it was kind of hard to beat that after that. To get something better in, in the training world, it was like, wow, like, how am I going to get better than this? It's it was 28 days in. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> something to hold on to, but now yeah. you get to do it yeah. every day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jake, a little different for you, right? You were scurrying around the Slave Lake Fire Hall your basically entire young life. Pretty much, yeah. Grew up here. Basically, Jamie was like almost my second father. <laughs> grew up going to the fire hall that seen dad go on calls and then moved away in like 2009 2010 when my dad got on to edmonton always would be coming back just wanted to visit oh, man, and yeah every year you'd come every, back and spend time with us yeah, and pretty much every year missed it so much and then kind of once i hit 16 got to come down do some training go on calls kind of learn the actual fire experience side of it see some things put some fires out and then I'm back here, 20 years old now, back living back in my hometown. How can you be 20 years old? I can't even think like that. <laughs> I just think back, and, man, uh, and obviously this is almost 20 years ago. You were one of the hardest training firefighters I ever had in Slave Lake. And you, you were just a little kid. You, he would come in on the weekends and nights, and oh, yeah. he's out there with the garden hose, hammering the floor, and had all the little fireman gear. And oh, yeah. your dad was a champ, right? He always said yes every time you were like, let's go to the fire hall. So... Jake talks about being here a lot. I don't think you understand the level that Jake was here. Like, he probably used to come here more than he went to kindergarten, right? So. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I no. can't picture him in a smaller size. That's, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair, yeah. yeah. But no, it's yeah. nice to be back. Nice to be living on my own and be back at home. So, yeah, yeah it's been pretty awesome so far. So, How often do you call your mom? Like once a day. Oh, good. I was going to say. 
text with her a good amount. My dad barely calls me. Yeah, that's, was, that's dad. That, yeah, it's dad's. It was nice for him <laughs> to come here. So last week, yeah, and, okay, and hang cool. out with him. So yeah, it was pretty awesome. And that's a hard piece, like as and Chad knows this too, right? As your parents keep going in their yeah. career and now you're coming in at the tail or the start of your career and they're they're maybe in the middle or farther in their career and yeah. you start to have discussions and you would laugh if you saw me and ryan go at it sometimes right we have <laughs> quite a bit apart right and we have uh, in age and we have very different views of the fire service and how it works and so he calls me old man and i call him young punk and we kind of go through all that <laughs> right but uh, at the end of the day, it's still, there's so many things we agree on, but there's always still that father-son friction, yeah. even though he's raised up to be a captain in the fire service and I'm off doing my thing. And it's kind of funny when we get together. So, all right. So Lee, we have a little different than these guys, right? You and I were strangers. And then when I was doing my fire hall tours, we just showed up at your fire hall one day. So I'll kind of let you tell the story and talk about it. So Jamie came up to Nova Scotia and we were giving him some tours around the fire station. We did a symposium and Jamie was telling us his story and everything and we got to learn some other things. And me and Jamie, we just sat down and talked one evening and figured out that this program was going to be happening. And I thought I'd come up and try the bird of life for a little bit. Berta, that's what we're Berta going with? Yeah, Berta. Oh, wow, you Nova Scotia guys. We'll work on that. We'll think of something. So it was fun for me. I mean, uh, obviously, Nova Scotia is a special place to me. I go there a lot. I know a lot of people from there. We get a lot of support for the podcast. And back when we used to have the show from Nova Scotia, from Eastern Canada. And so as we toured through, I talked to different people about this program that was yeah. going on knowing that they were going to get it together, but kind of just in the nick of time to get started so that they were going to have to have some people to reach out to, right? I think we all had Jake on the list from early on before we, it was even an idea because uh, he wanted to be a firefighter and yeah, we knew this sure. was special to him. But then as we started to talk to Chad about it and you and, and then Ayrton, I chatted with him and just start dropping Ryan's phone number off with everybody. So we'll call this dude, right? I'd text him and be like, I give your number out again. And so as this happened kind of across Alberta, Saskatchewan, Nova Scotia, Ryan starts getting all these calls and and I'd say like, man, are you going to fill up the program? Like, it's like, yeah, I think so. I think we're going to get it done. And so, uh, and then another one is from Center High Campus, right? Dom's yeah. from Center High Campus. So there's a connection there through the Whitlocks. And so it was nice to see the program fill up with people that are kind of from our world, from our sphere, right? Because I know, I'll tell you, and you're starting to see it already, and Jake, you know this from a long time ago, Slave Lake is a special place to get an education, right? The call volume is intense. The call types are intense. The training and equipment are top-notch. The training center, where you guys will spend months and months over the next year here, is, you know, who? where else can you go and light nine different buildings on fire? (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a great place to get that experience. And so kind of cool how we all have different stories that uh, led us together to be here in Slave Lake on this day doing this podcast. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate you taking the chance on Slave Lake and on that program. Now, the flip side of that is the pressure on you to not screw it up is immense. Yeah, <laughs> just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> but it's all good. So first question, let's get to it. Everyone is expecting this one. So Jake, I'm going to start with you because this probably happened to you as young as anyone in the world. When did you know you wanted to be a firefighter? Where's your first physical thought of this is it, I'm being a firefighter? Obviously when we were living here, 
I always remember it was me and my dad, my sister were driving around town and my mom was off like getting groceries or something. And we were just over by the airport driving down Caribou and we could see this huge column of smoke. And next thing you know, my dad's pager goes off and it's big wildland fire out in wide water. So my dad rips home, drops me and my sister off back at the house. And then he's gone for the rest of the night because it's just this big wildland fire in wide water. And that's kind of one of the memories that really sticks with me most. And obviously had my first birthday party at the Slave Lake Fire Hall, had all my family down there. And that was probably like kind of when I knew I wanted to do it. And obviously I'll be fourth generation for firefighting. So great grandpa, grandpa, and then my dad and myself. So it's kind of in my blood at this point. Kind of growing up fire. fire. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I moved to Edmonton, watched my dad go through Edmonton Fire, go to ride-alongs with them, do the Edmonton Fire Cadet program through high school. And then I knew I wanted to do it. I just didn't know how I was going to do it. And then wasn't sure if I wanted to go to fire school or not. And then heard about this program. I was like, well, yeah, yeah. easy, (laughs) easy decision. So my parents were a little skeptical at first, just with all the funds and the money and stuff, but we got it all sorted and I'm grateful to be here now. So I just somehow knew, even when we used to talk about this years ago, as we tried many, many times to get this program going, I think we always thought you'd probably be here. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Always kind of knew I wanted to come back here. So Right. Okay. So Lee, I kind of watched your whole process a little bit on social media, right? So it's like, so I kind of, I knew you got accepted. I knew you were headed this way. Your fire department uh, threw a little fundraiser even for yeah, you to help that. you out. And so kind of talk about what it was like to, you're from Nova Scotia. I'm going to assume like most Nova Scotia people, you never left the province that many times when you were young. <laughs> Not very often. Yeah. And if you did, it probably wasn't very far. Wasn't far at all, no. (laughs) So what was it like to pack up and say, hey, I'm going to Alberta for a whole year? It was a lot. uh, Since I've been four years old, I've always wanted to pursue a career in firefighting. And just leaving all the support back home, it was a little difficult. But seeing everyone come out and support me and get to see different people that I didn't really know were there to support me were there. And it was just really nice. But it's it's definitely a big change leaving home and coming somewhere where you've never really been and experiencing all this. It's how often you call home? Not very often. I uh, call my Lee. I call Lee. I call my girlfriend once in a while every day. Um, once I, in I a make while, sure that every, I give her a phone call every day. <laughs> well, I try to call my my parents once in a while. Probably once once a week. Not every day. This is for your mom. Do better. I'll try. Do better. Call call more often. No, I will. Moms, this is hard on moms. You think this is hard on you? you should, this is really hard. I was on moms. extremely hard when she was dropped me off. She was bawling, and I was like, ah. Oh. Right. It's like, yeah. Well, and you're not leaving home. Like you're leaving home, leaving, right? Yeah. Like you're going to a whole different province across the country. You're going to do a pretty dangerous job, even in training. Right. Yeah, sure. We all know the saying, a training fire doesn't know it's a training fire. So yeah. you got to be careful. You got to stay on it. Right. But uh, yeah, do, do better. Call mom. It's, it's a lot leaving everywhere where you feel comfortable and everything. Like I volunteer with three different departments back home and leaving that fire family to Come right, so I know Bible one. Hill. What are the other ones that you? I was with Bible Hill, and I'm with Trail Fire, and also Special Hazards. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. yeah. Getting lots of experience with okay. all of them. So in Nova Scotia, just for everyone that's listening, the all the hazmat stuff is handled by 
a different group, right? So yeah, special yeah. hazards is yeah. part. Of, and that was right in Bible Hill, wasn't that it? Is, the cash? That is in Bible Hill. Yeah, it's just right down the road. So that's kind of cool. Truro is a full-time fire department that has volunteer backup. So yeah. that was a cool place too. We got to go and visit that spot. It's cool when you go to Nova Scotia, Jake, and you're going to like this when you visit because everything is like hundreds of years old. Oh, really? Right? So it's like, I was at a fire department, I think it was Lawrencetown, and it was 1896, serving since 1896. Wow. And I was like, the fire department I'm in charge of here in Alberta has been serving since 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like in different ways since oh, yeah. the 50s, but in its current form for, for a dozen years, right? And so it's yeah. like, even if, oh, you've been around in a certain form since 1956, that's nothing compared to 1896, right? And you go to Halifax and you'll be sitting in a bar and it's, the building is a hundred years old. Floor squeak. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what the, right? What did this building used to be? So yeah, it's when you talk about Nova Scotia and these two guys being from Nova Scotia, listen to those stories, right? It's a different lifestyle and it's a cool place. I'm sure hundred percent positive. They'll drag you out there and oh, yeah. show you everything, right? All right. So Chad, back to you. What was, uh. I know your dad was like happy, sad, excited, nervous, all in the same big thing, right? I can imagine that. But what was the, okay, I'm leaving now. What was that like for you? It was weird. I kind of got out here and I was like, oh, okay. We get here our first night and me and Lee were put in a room together. And we were kind of just laying there and I was like, Lee, does this feel weird to you? Like we're actually here. <laughs> and it was, and it comes with a lot of support behind it too. Like, especially like with my old boss, I went through a plumbing program last year and I worked with him since May. And he had told me he'd always wanted to be a firefighter as well. And he lived in Ontario and it didn't end up working out. But he said, like, do it. You don't want to be in this for however many years. You want to do something you love. And I think that's kind of what pushed me to come here between me wanting to do it and then him kind of being like, you have to do it. You want to do it. So it has to happen now instead of in 20 years when you have a family and all that kind of stuff backed up behind you. Like it's not the exact same thing anymore. It's hard to imagine a life doing another job once you start to do this job and get it in your blood, right? You, Jake, you talked about being in it from birth, Lee from four years old. And I know, Chad, you don't remember anything else in your life either, right? If fire was always part of your family's life. And yeah. And so to be here now, finally, what, and what'd you guys say, like three weeks you've been here now, a month maybe? Just over a month, five weeks. So you get here and the first couple of weeks have to be a bit of a blur. You're basically just training and sleeping and trying to figure it out. Now I can already see some of the, the bonding, the teamwork starting to come together, right? And then there's another half to this program, which is the paramedic firefighter stream. And so you're a month into it. Can you already feel that firefighter bond, that whole... 100%. 100%. Just like being around the station and all the support coming from a place where I knew people here before, like the old Fire Smart crew, and then I come here and I'm like, oh, these aren't the same people I knew, but everybody connects with you the exact same. It takes 20 minutes to connect with them, and it's literally been like family since I think we've all been out here. I know with the three other students, it's been very good. Like they got up here a little bit before us, and just once we got here, we grew a connection with them and started working together, and we just grew, which was awesome to see like how fast you can actually grow a friendship and the family side of things as well. 
And I think that talks to that firefighter bond, that firefighter family, right? You've had it where you're from, you grew up in it, you kind of know it, but then you get here and now it's, you're growing a special bond that never existed before because now this is your team. These are the six people that are on a truck with you running calls and doing different things. And you also then have to fit that six into the big fire service that's here, right? What five fire halls, 125 firefighters, like you're part of a big system here, right? To me, that's what was so exciting. Even when I talked to you guys about it, Nova Scotia and Jake, what I always hoped for you for your whole life basically was to get into this and see what it's like, right? So by spring, when things really blow up around here, you guys will have a whole bunch of service in, you'll have been on a bunch of calls, you'll be more comfortable, a bunch of your training's done, and then you'll get to see March, April, May. If it doesn't snow soon, maybe January or February, (laughs) but uh, the wildfire times, right? The busy, crazy wildfire times. And so it's so different from where you're all from, right? Even Jake, you being from Edmonton, you guys from being from Nova Scotia, you've got the big oil field around here. You got the big log hauls happening and, and it's not like there's 150 log trucks on the road here in a couple of months, right? It's not like we're here from. And so just the epic, right? Ryan called me the other day and he was like, ah, log truck hit a house again, which we've been to that call like a hundred times around here. And I was at the kitchen table at the fire hall where I work and we're talking about that. And they're like, just, back up a sec there chief what did you just say and i was like a log truck hit a house okay i don't understand right and i'm like oh well they would had a house loaded on a truck and they were taking it to some northern community a manufactured home and the road's too skinny so the house and the log truck hit each other and they're like what and i'm like yeah let's i'll grab my phone i I gotta have some pictures of that here somewhere because it's just a sadly regular call up in the north right I didn't understand what you meant when you just said that anyway. So I was like, what? They hit a house. And so those are the kind of special calls in a career where you don't expect it, but it becomes a regular thing in the northern parts of the province. So super cool. So you guys are living in the bunkhouse. You know all the rules for the bunkhouse. We've talked about that before the podcast. <laughs> the, uh, and you're in the forestry yard. So right now, like that won't really mean much to you, but you wait like when April comes and then all of a sudden there's dozens and dozens of people living in all the bunkhouses around you and uh, the action and the tempo and then the bombers come and uh, all of a sudden you'll be living in one of the craziest sections of this whole town surrounded by airports and forestry and chaos and i know you guys will love it but it's uh, all these cool things to come right all right so really you're working towards the golden ticket and getting a full-time job as a firefighter is the golden ticket it's the the brass ring on the merry-go-round you want to get it you want to go so let's start with lee how much pressure are you putting on yourself How much pressure do you feel to be here trying to get that full-time firefighter job? It's definitely a lot. Like I tried getting all my certifications back home in Nova Scotia and it was just seemed kind of hard and I tried and tried. And so I decided once I came out here, like this is the goal that I'm working towards. So I'm devoting it all into this and I think it's definitely going to be hard, but it's a risk that I'm willing to take to get there. Jake, fourth generation. Dad's a firefighter in Edmonton. You, you've known me your whole life. How much pressure are you feeling to get this done? Uh, yeah, it's it's good pressure, I think. Keeps me on my toes. Definitely not going to live up to his name, but want to make a name for myself in the fire service. And Well, don't live up to his name. His name's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, got to keep going, but... Uh, yeah, I just, like, I looked around at different fire schools and everything, and I'm like, I'm not a big 
kind of sit in a classroom and learn type of guy. I'm more of a, I think we all are hands-on learning, sure. bouncing ideas off each other. And so like I thought about Lakeland, I thought about ESA. And when I got word of this program, I kind of knew that I wanted this and it's going to be like my main goal. This is kind of the only schooling I want to do in my life other than maybe paramedic down the road. Did you just say paramedic on my podcast? <laughs> Did he just say that, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, you know. just got to keep the doors open. So, but yeah, this is kind of what I've wanted to do my entire life. I've thought about military. I've thought about policing. But no, this is what I've been wanting to do. I think you bring up a great point too, right? I can only imagine in Slave Lake that it's going to be that hands-on practical style, right? You're going to have to pass the classwork. You're going to have to yeah, pass the yeah. test and do what everyone else does. But by having a live-in program where you get to stay at the fire hall sometimes, where you get to carry the pagers and go on the calls and and be part of the system, I think that it's more of apprenticeship. And I've been talking about that so much everywhere I go for years that you can get your 1001, right? Anyone can go to school and get their 1001 and be certified. And But you just have that certification. Are you really qualified to be a firefighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so as I travel around all these fire departments and I'll go somewhere and it's like, oh, I've been on the fire department for three years and I got my 1001 and now I'm the fire chief. And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> That's, that's not really how this works, right? <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm the fire chief because I have the most training. <laughs> okay, we'll talk some more, right? But for you guys, I think that you'll get a lot out of the course, right? 1001 is important and it'll be good to get that certification. But I think you'll get more out of the experience. And, and maybe you already have going on the different calls, right? Well, it's definitely a different variety of calls. And Jake, and like you just said, he nailed it right on the head that it's a different training course that no other place offers. Yeah. And that was a selling point for me is I need to get into this course no matter what it takes or anything like that. But it's mostly a lot of hands-on, which that's how I learn and not sitting in a classroom. But there is, of course, the, uh, the other half to it as well. Yeah, and you'll get through the classroom part, right? And you'll support each other through that. And you got some good instructors here. And I have no fear for you as far as that goes. But it's, you know, back to that. Even when we were building the fire training center, right? Disaster village. The whole point was to be hands-on, to get people in there fighting fires, fighting multiple building fires, fighting different kinds of fires. And, and all of those pieces is what you're going to come out with, right? So you didn't just go in a concrete tower and fight fires every day for weeks after week after week, and you knew every inch of it. Here, there's opportunity to go at it from nine different buildings and include the environment around you. I feel like that's like Disaster Village is like an amazing way to put it too. Cause when I came here for the conference, I was like, what course like stands out to me? And it was like the oil. And I did the wellhead. And I was like, oh, nice. That's a sick training to have, but I'm never going to use it in Nova Scotia. And then we come out here and during our recruitment phase, there was an oil field fire. And that was the first call that we had got to go on when we were out here. And I was like, Boom. oh, yeah. I've seen this I never Tank fire. I never thought I'd use yeah. the training. Like, 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 oil fire. Like, I have never heard of that before. Yeah. And that's part of Disaster Village's charm is that you can do all these different runs in different ways and apply that to whatever call that's yeah. out there. But then all of a sudden, you're going to start to see similarities, right? When I hauled that thousand barrel tank in there for the first time ever, the firefighters here, right? They were used to me, so they're like, okay, we're in, but right? Is it, does that make any sense for us to have a thousand barrel tank fire? And to, it's like, okay, well, let's foam it down. Let's learn how to do the different applications. And then since we built that, we've been to 10 of those tank fires and everyone's like, ah, I get it. Right. So yeah, all good stuff, all good parts of it. 
All right, for you, Chad, you've got the same thing. You've got the family pressure to do well and, and your connection, right? Your dad knows everybody yeah. here and they all know him and yeah. you got the family pressure. And what kind of pressure do you feel on yourself to be here? I feel like it's more like of an honor, not a pressure, just because like there's six spots in this program. And I know many people that would love to have this opportunity. And you look back at Nova Scotia, like Lee said, like with the certification spots in Nova Scotia, you got the fire school and then you go through HRM and that's the only two you have. So it's not much of like a looking around and they nailed it on the head. It's a one of a kind program where you're in house, you get to run calls during the day, you're on the truck with the full time crew, you get the experience along with the schooling. So I feel like, especially when my parents tell me like, oh, like, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, awesome. They're like, oh, how's the school? I was like, it's amazing. Like, it's not like I'm going to school and writing on books every day, coloring in the corner of my page because I'm bored. Like, call comes in, you're gone. It's like, then you come back to your schoolwork and then you go and you back to your schoolwork. And it doesn't even feel like school. No. No. And in all honesty, it feels like a dream come true where I'm literally sitting here every day running calls and working out in the morning, coming back to the doing truck checks and it's just an amazing experience so far. Yeah, I, I love to hear all that, right? It's great to hear that stuff we built in the past is still working, but that the chief and the people that are here today still keep pushing forward and getting everybody to do what they're supposed to do to make this great, right? So appreciate all those comments. That's awesome. Okay, so firefighting, there's lots of aspects to it, right? One of the things that you'll come across as part of this job is the ugly part of the business, right? So we call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? So you get to work with great people, you get to use amazing equipment and trucks that nobody else gets to use. There's the bad side, right? Sometimes it's people's houses, sometimes it's their lives that they lose. And then there's the ugly side of that, learning how to deal with that at such a young age, right? So Lee, you're how old? I'm 19. Jake? I'm 20. Right. So really young people, right? Trying to get into this business. And so the ugly side of the business is how I kind of love this part of the program, because when you go to a bad call, you don't just go home and hang out with your family. You're immersed now with your teammates. You're immersed with the people that work at the service. And the very next day, you're going to be on a truck and able to talk to whoever you want. And so kind of supported, right? On top of that, they do a great job here. And Jake was talking about his dad being out last week and, and Jason doing a bunch of mental health stuff, right? And so to me, it's a way we can bring you into the fire service and still really protect you and support you through the ugly side of the business. Not everybody gets that, right? Lots of people, they take the training and they're doing the volunteer paid on call and maybe they even get a full-time job, but they don't have the support that you're going to get as you go through here. So that's one thing to think about as you go through. You are in a special place. You will see crazy calls, right? But remember those other supports. Be Call home if you need to. Call me if you need to. Chat to the people on the crew. Get through the ugly piece, right? So the good piece, the training in Disaster Village, the going on calls where no one gets hurt and houses don't burn down right where you're just there to help the public and and do those things those are the the good parts of it sadly the bad parts will come as well right and so we kind of go through that so far tell me what you really feel is special about this area and you haven't got to start so chad we're going to start with you special about the area is definitely the people the people that are here and just to see like I know there's so many different people in the fire department that work in oil field. They work in the pulp mills. They work the job down at the RCMP office. You just get to meet all these like very good people. And I feel like especially the six of us that are in the program have formed a very good connection. And it's like anything I've ever like never seen before. And I just the people here are like truly amazing. And they it just feels like a second home. 
because I always talk so highly about the people of Nova Scotia. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. find it cool to think that the people in Slave Lake are being held up to that standard. So yeah. that's good. Jake, you're you're back, right? But it's not like it was when you were here many years ago. So what what do you love about it? I definitely love being back here. It's different from when I grew up here. I was still pretty young when I moved to Edmonton. But uh, there's still lots of people I know here and even like some of the firefighters like Jim and Joanne and Johan, all those guys still here that have known me since I was little and being able to reconnect with them and them being happy that I'm here and they know who I am. They they trust me and building that bond with them. But yeah, like what Chad said, it's uh, it's definitely interesting coming and meeting six brand new people who've never met before. And now it feels like, yeah, we're a second family together. We do things together. We go out into the community. We've been doing lots of fire prevention and Movember raising. So even just doing that, meeting different members of the community, hearing their stories and and just, yeah, it's awesome to be back, but definitely miss home a little bit. But I'm just, yeah, grateful to be back. And I think the people of the town haven't really changed too much. I think everyone's still awesome and hearing their side of stories, their, what they do for work, and especially in the fire department, meeting all these new faces that I haven't met yet. So, yeah. Lee's not as good a cook as your mom? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. No, but my when my dad came down, my mom made a bunch oh, of meals nice. for the three of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She saved us. So don't have to eat craft dinner. Yeah, so that was pretty awesome, and we're all super thankful of that. And that was pretty nice of her to That's do that. Cool, Lee. How about you? What do you uh, What are you liking so far about the area? Just exactly what the two boys said. It's great like the people it's been amazing getting out into the public meeting new faces like you go to schools and stuff and then the kids they see you around walking downtown and they're like oh that's the firefighter that's at our school and it's it's just a very cool feeling to to know that you're kind of making a difference and that's one big reason why i want to join the fire service is try and make a difference in whatever way i could and growing the bond with the six other students it's unreal and the rest of the fire family it's, it's just a super cool feeling Acres Emergency Vehicles, a message from our community. A person who is risking his or her life to save the lives and properties of others deserves something as reliable as an Acres Emergency Vehicle. This is our mission, to thank these people with the best gift we can, our best effort. Our commitment includes a firefighter-driven design, manufacturing integrity, personal and professional service. We are here to serve. We guarantee personal and professional service every step of the way. Acres Emergency Vehicles, built for a life of service. Please visit our website at www.acresev.ca. It's been fun to watch you guys on social media talking about being on the boat. I think when you first got here, there, the boat was still out there on the lake and you got to go out on the boat. and. And uh, it's kind of like each experience, I'm getting to live it a little bit with you as you talk about the kind of day you had and the things that you went out and saw. So it's good. I'll be checking up on you, right? Obviously, you talked about it all differently, right? But just know that there's some pressure from the outside world because we all want you to do well. We want the program to do well so other people get to do what you get to do right now every single day. So it's not so much pressure to not screw up or not, but to help it be successful and to make it kind of a shining star. So I'm sure that they got good people for that. I've already had a bunch of people ask me back home about coming up here and how the course is going. And it's like, I want to get into that. And it sounds so awesome. You look like you're having so much fun. 
So it's good to see that. It'll probably grow within your friend groups, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Cool stuff. I'm trying to work with them to see if we can't uh, get you guys down to my neck of the woods too and give you a chance to see. Oh, it might not be as much as you think. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, just to see the different things, right? Yeah. So like we run a lot of medical calls. So it's a place to come down and kind of see what that's like and experience different fire departments and things like that, right? It'll also give your instructors a week off. So that probably look forward to that. A little too. break, yeah. yeah. A little break from us. So how do you think things will change over this year? So personally, how do you think that you'll grow? How do you think that your skills will change over this next year? Jake, let's start with you this time. I think especially like coming from the medical call side of it, everyone kind of grows up in the fire service. They know that the medical side kind of sucks. It's like more training you got to do all this. But uh, I think even just being here now, done a few medical calls and getting that rapport with different people and learning how to talk to people when they're in their darkest time in their life and getting them back up and getting their spirits up. I think that from now is going to definitely change as we go along and kind of, I think all of us are going to build a good firefighter to patient rapport with different people and experience that. And I think that's going to help us along the road wherever we all end up in a career fire department or whatever we do. I think we'll have a big jump on a bunch of other people and having that experience is definitely going to going to help all of us. Speaking as a guy that looks at a lot of resumes, experience will help, no question, right? And I make it no secret that medical is probably the thing I faked the most in my 33-year career, right? So I'm happy to hear that you see that, that going on these calls and being part of this is going to kind of becomes a core memory so that you're like, you know what to ask people and you know what to say and you know what to think. 100%. And rather than just going for a two-week course and being like, oh, this is great. And I think that's why we're almost forced to fake it, right? Because we just get these courses and we get these certifications, but we don't get the experience until way later. Yeah. And so this experience-based system hopefully will help you so that you don't have to fake these pieces you actually know what you're doing and you get to learn it around other people so chad you're next how do you see yourself changing you know personally professionally over the next year i've kind of felt like since i left nova scotia that some things have already changed like especially when i talked to my dad about the program he's like come out with an open mindset that you have zero fire experience and i feel like that has helped a lot in certain spots where especially like just learning how to do simple tasks is not the way that i would have thought you have done simple tasks like it just comes down to having a fire background and then learning it the right way instead of learning it the way you learn in two hours in a day at a Monday night training compared to an eight-hour day with all in-depth how to do everything step by step. And I really like that, just having the time of day to go over things and over things in depth, which I feel like it's already changing with all of us. Like Just some of the things we've done, it's like, oh, here's a better way to do it. And we change our way of doing it. So I don't know if they ever told you this story, but the Fire Smart crew, the kind of the originals, challenged me one day. They wanted to uh, change the way that we do the hose on the pre-connects. And I was like, well, I don't know. This is kind of tried and true. And I could hear the dinosaur coming out of me as I talked. So I was like, oh, okay, here, tell you what we're going to do. Tomorrow morning, we're going to set it up. And we have that training hose lay thing. And I said, we're going to do it 10 ways my way. And when I say we, you guys are going to do it. I'm just going to stand there and watch. We're going to do it 10 ways my <laughs> way. We're going to do it 10 ways, your 10 times your way. 
And then at the end, we'll have a talk about what we saw. And right, if there's a significant difference or a savings or something, we'll talk about making a change. And so we went out there and my way was just, some, you know, your regular flat load, right, with a couple loops. And it got tangled three times out of 10, <laughs> right? So seven times it worked pretty flawlessly. And then they set up theirs, which was a AAA, and they, and they busted out there. And uh, theirs worked 10 out of 10. And so then I was like, okay, wait, one more. Like, it's just, it's you guys. You, Something messed yeah, up. Yeah, you set me up. <laughs> and so they did it one more time, and I pulled both of them. And on my turn, it mine got jammed up, and on their on theirs, it didn't. And so we all went in the boardroom, and they're they're all sitting there, and you could tell the anticipation of like, you know, finally we're gonna change this guy. And I was like, hey, good, you win. Like that's we'll change the thing. Now here's the problem. The problem is that we don't just change it, right? Because it's five fire halls, it's 125 firefighters, it's a changing a mindset. Everyone doesn't know how to build the load that you have there, so you have to make a video, you're gonna have to have the PowerPoint presentation, you're gonna have to train every single person, you're gonna have to go out there and change all of the 30-some trucks that are in the region. And so their faces are just like, oh crap, I, I can't believe we won, but <laughs> this is gonna suck, right? But I think it was like the first time I could remember seeing in their faces is like, oh, we're not just firefighters anymore. We're actually going to have to step up now. We're going to be the instructors. We're going to be the change agents that come along to say all this stuff that happened because it was different for me when I came back from fire school 30 some years ago and I was all excited and I said, we should change to this. We should. Everyone just said, shut up, kid, go sit in the back. And all right. I didn't want to be that guy. So. Right. And now you're taking this next leap. Right. And there's a lot. You can go on YouTube and there's 50 different courses how to do this and how to do that. And everybody there's a lot of Internet stuff now. You have to be careful. Right. As you start to learn and, and move it through and go through with that stuff. So. It's cool to have these conversations yeah. and talk about this stuff. Yeah, even you bring up that story. Like I've probably learned more about their fire departments than I have, than I probably ever will. And just how they do things. And we bounce each other's ideas off their heads. And like I learned most of my fire service things from obviously Slave Lake and, and Edmonton, just through going through fire cadets there. But even now, like the instructors are really open with us bringing I different ideas in and us getting to try different things that we know. And so I think that's super cool that they're super open with us and letting us try different things, especially we're doing car fires, we're changing different nozzle patterns, we're spraying it differently, just trying all these new things out. And so, yeah, I think it's been super good in that sense. And that's part of like being the old dog in the room, right? It's that always training, always learning, it's not just a gimmick. It's something that you have to do, right? Because I could remember when it could only be an O pattern. It could only be a Z pattern. It could only be a T pattern. A, in my career, we've gone through all of these things, right? And I always tried to stay away from always and never because those are two words that are tough in the fire service unless you're talking about safety, right? So to listen to you is kind of a cool thing. So back to the question, Lee. Did I already do you? Did you no, just? No, you're, yeah. you're still it. Hey? No, so, you haven't, yeah. Yeah, I didn't forget Forgetting it. about me. Yeah. I almost forgot about it. <laughs> How do you feel almost. you're going to change personally and professionally over the next year? Well, I came up here with the mindset of keeping my eyes and ears open and my mouth shut. I wanted to act like I knew nothing and learn it in a different way and know that there's multiple ways of doing things in the fire service. And... I just want to grow as a firefighter and as a person, really, and grow on my skills and bring those skills back to Nova Scotia and show them the different ways that things are done as well, which I really hope that we can change a few things. But that's a couple big ones that I, I'm looking forward to. You know, it's possible. And that's the thing. By having an open mind, right? Yeah. 
you want to keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut. You're from Nova Scotia. It's so hard. <laughs> that's not going to happen, right? It's, uh, you, you come from a place where you, where you get to have an opinion and get to talk about it and yeah. everybody gets to share. So make sure that you continue to do that. You got to be true to who you are and how you were raised too, right? But for me, you know, getting to travel all over North America and see fire halls is you're now working in a place. Slave Lake is a place that was built from thousands of different good ideas from across the country. And so you're getting to see some of the best ideas. And even those are being replaced by other ideas that you bring and other people bring and that they bring back when they go to visit different fire halls and different things. And so it's one of my favorite parts is to see people. I work with the fire service now where they never really went anywhere and they never really did anything. They kind of stayed in their bubble. And and now they go to conferences and they visit fire halls. And I was on my phone yesterday and all of a sudden our training officer was out in BC. And so he's immediately sending me all these pictures from a fire hall that he's visiting while he's there for a wedding, right? And it's like, it works. It, yeah. If we look around, if we're interested, it, we can bring those ideas back and be part of things. So it's how you grow. It is, right? It really, really is. Okay, so let's change gears a little bit. And so here in Slave, there's, uh, well, in the region, right, there's all kinds of different trucks, all kinds of different places. You get to be kind of with the ranchers out in Flatbush and then uh, kind of like the mill people out in Smith maybe. And uh, Widewater is kind of the, the suburbs of Slave Lake and that. Mitsu's more industrial, right? So even coming into town, you cross the hill there and you look out to all of those mills, right? So you guys from Nova Scotia aren't used to that. There's four big mills there all chugging smoke and steam out into the air. Uh, have you been out there for any calls yet? We went out to the fire station over there the other day and okay. we got to see some of the mills. We had to grab some stuff. But other than that, like, really haven't been out there. Yeah, so there's some interesting buildings, right? So some of those buildings are 100,000 square feet, right? Full of wood, full of problems and industrial things. And then out, you talked about already being on an oil field fire. There's more of those motor vehicle accidents, right? House fire, you been to a house fire yet? Not yet. Not yet. yet. The other half of the crew got to go, but uh, you guys didn't go yet. That'll come, right? It's winter time. Hasn't really been winter. No, it doesn't feel like it. It's super Middle yeah. of November, and it was like plus 13 yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah yesterday, the temperature they were telling us, I was like, oh, it's, it's kind of cold out today. They're like, <laughs> right now it's supposed to be negative 30 and snow. And I was like, no, this is not Nova Scotia weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll be that'll be a big shock to I guys. keep telling them, like, just wait, guys, just wait. <laughs> I think Let's everyone's already ready. tired of us saying that it's too cold, and we're like, this is freezing. It's just, I love it. Like, right now, it's, it's gorgeous. I'm just waiting for the ice to freeze. So I can go ice fishing, but you and Jake are here in t-shirts, and I could be in a winter oh, jacket. Oh, it's snow actually, oh, yeah, I, can be in <laughs> I was loving it. It was uh, yeah. When it's minus thirty here in January and February, and the wind's blowing off the lake, blowing right through you. you I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Uh, they, we'll have to take you shopping yeah. yeah they yeah. told us they said you know it's cold out when Jamie Coots has a pair of pants on yeah <laughs> that's, that's fair <laughs> that's fair they, they know that everywhere I go yeah it's uh, I've been really enjoying it we've had snow a couple times down in the south I think maybe only once up here so far yeah. but but uh, this should be you should be like buried in snow and 15 or 20 below well, I'm okay day, so yeah this is I okay. think it's cold yeah, yeah maybe you brought the good weather from Nova Probably Scotia dead, so yeah. keep it up yeah. right that's good stuff all right so you have all these different fire halls you've been to all of them now uh, no. not flatbush or smith okay so you still got a couple more to go right are you seeing any trucks you're in love with yet swiss army knife 161 161 <laughs> eh? everyone falls in love with that. Oh, that's a nice truck <laughs> there's a lot of nice gear here 
Yeah, no, there is for sure, right? Uh, even the fire hall, right? That's an old oil field shop that's been converted uh, over. And uh, that part's pretty cool. Have you guys been working on your tile for the roof yet? Not yet, yeah, no. Not yet. We thought about it a little bit. We kind of had a saying like to the day crew that they're getting paid to be here and we're uh, we're paying to be here. <laughs> so we're thinking of putting something like something that, like up that. On, the, yeah. on the tile. So best experience i ever paid yeah for. best experience <laughs> i ever paid for you get three guys who can barely draw a stick figure we got to draw a tile we're like uh-oh. yeah so we'll figure something out of here eventually but maybe one of those things that you'll grow with over the year you'll uh, maybe lee's an artist yeah now. you don't know <laughs> we're definitely gonna be on some nova scotia stuff in there yeah, yeah. oh yeah okay you guys will just get him in there, eh? He'll be yeah. Nova Scotia. Yeah, right pretty much. He's already one of us now. That or I'm converting them to being an Albertan, so. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, you know, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it'll be tougher to leave than you think, yeah, right? It's yeah. it's hard to be away from home and what you're used to, but things are different in all parts of the country, mm-hmm. right? You always think it's awesome where you live, but then you go somewhere else, you're like, oh, this is also awesome, yeah, right? Totally. So who knows how that all goes. All right, let's talk about end goals or next goals. Maybe not end goals. That seems too far away and too too final. You're going to finish this program in a year. You're going to have this experience, right? What's what's next? You got to be thinking about that a little bit at least. Well, I'm not too sure right now. There's a couple programs in the in Alberta that I might apply for that do kind of like a fresh out of your 1001s. You go get hired on for a year through like I think Yellowhead County or some other places and work as a paid firefighter. So I'm thinking of that. Definitely Edmonton's probably going to be my end goal just because I'll be fourth generation Edmonton fire. But it's hard to not want that. Yeah, it's hard to not want that. (laughs) And I think I'm still a little bit too young and I kind of want to get some other experience in different places before I go and apply there. Just kind of like how my dad did it. And uh, even like if there was a full-time position opening up here in town, I would probably apply there. But just kind of keeping my options open, definitely thinking of going PCP as well. Just been super interested in it uh, over the past month or two, learning about the medical side of things. Right, so, you went and took your EMR. Yeah, yeah, I took my EMR and that kind of opened a whole new world of firefighting and just emergency services in general to me. So thinking about that, but hopefully find something here soon, maybe even Wildland this year. Not too sure yet, but yeah, just kind of keeping all my options open right for right now. Lee, churro, baby. Churro. Yeah, I wanna. I really do want to head back home and work, but I don't really want to limit myself either. Yeah. So I'm going to apply everywhere once I get all my certifications and everything. Your girlfriend will be happy to hear this when she's listening to the podcast. Yeah, she told me not to mention her name or anything, so <laughs> I'm going to keep that on the low. Okay, now we got 15 minutes left. But yeah, no, my end goal is to go back to Nova Scotia and apply for jobs back there and hopefully get on with the churro fire department. That's my goal. It's good. I mean, that's... I'm going to reach that goal. It's good to have goals, right? You might go past that. You might not uh, want yeah, that never know. in a year. Or maybe that's exactly what you want and you go there and you have exactly what they're looking yeah, for to get 100%. on, right? So, cool stuff. Chad? I'm not too sure yet. My uh, my final goal is and a dream I've always had because uh, the first place I ever traveled outside of Nova Scotia was Toronto. And that's been a dream of mine for a while just to try and achieve Toronto Fire and oh the big show eventually get somewhere around there or and I don't know really what I want to do right out of school I might hit wildland for the summer or stay here for the summer and work deployments or it's not 100% sure yet like I don't have a set goal for right as soon as I'm done keeping the options open finish it up and then kind of see what comes next that's cool Matthew Pegg runs a good show out in Toronto there so uh they're they're chiefs 
good guy and uh, runs a good service. It's it's a massive service. You can imagine the biggest one in our country, right? So I met a few guys from Ontario, like when we did the we did a conference in Nova Scotia, and some guys like Rob Wiggins and a few other guys came down and told us about Toronto and Barrie, Ontario, and it seems like an awesome place to work. All those, yeah, Robbie, good guy yeah, for no, sure. Yeah, he definitely was awesome. <laughs> That's cool. All right, so I uh, love to hear that, right? Be thinking about the next steps. And I know it's important to do this step, but uh, kind of what comes after. So let's talk a little bit about fire hall life, because this is another cool piece of you guys getting. You talked about we get to work out in the morning and then we go and do this stuff, right? So uh, kind of lightning round. So let's start with Lee. Favorite chore to do at the fire hall? Oh, honestly, I don't mind cleaning bathrooms. And I, I your like... Mom's your mom's listening to this. So I good thing I don't live at home. <laughs> I think that and cooking, trying to upgrade my uh, cooking skills and not just eating craft dinner and Mr. Noodles every day. Definitely uh, a big part right there. I mean, that's a staple when you're 19. It's not a big deal, right? It won't kill you when you're 19. Jake, what's your favorite chore? Probably, I like washing trucks and just kind of keeping everything clean and having that pride, rebedding hose and... So the same as when you're two years old. Pretty much, pretty much. And just making everything look nice and having that pride. They talk lots about that. Ryan talked lots about it and having that pride of the fire service. So, yeah, I don't mind cleaning bathrooms either. We all, it's just a part of it. We all got to do it. So I wash lots of fire trucks. It it drives the firefighters I work with nuts because they just don't want me to do anything or touch anything. But uh, (laughs) I ride the floor cleaner and clean the floor and wash fire trucks a lot. And it's the mini Zamboni. It's that pride piece. And yeah, yeah, the mini Zamboni. It's just nice. peaceful and just nice to get your mind off things and, and yeah. do that. So, Chad, how about you? What's your favorite chore to do? Mom and dad don't listen to this, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with the bathrooms too. Like, it's not that bad, especially coming from a plumbing background. It's not horrible. Everybody's like, ew. And I'm like, okay. And then the cooking as well, with, like Lee said, like getting into the cooking and the cleaning in the kitchen. Like, it's been. Experience. Yeah, it, it's a part that uh, always makes me laugh, right? Like a lot of firefighters, even guys a lot older than you, they get jobs and all of a sudden they got to cook for a whole bunch of people in the fire hall and they're like, oh, really definitely do a big this. Change. And, <laughs> and then like within a year, I remember when Patrick went to Kelowna, right? Like we go out there and visit him and he's like a chef, right? He's in the kitchen <laughs> and his wife's not allowed in there because he's doing all this stuff. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> how, how did this guy become the chef in the family, right? But it's, it's from picking up those recipes and having to cook for everybody and um, you all know that there's a lot of pressure on you when you cook, right? Because if it tastes like crap, you're going to hear about it oh, and, yeah. and feel it, right? The three so, rules, what are they? It's got to be good, got to be enough, and got to be cooked. Yeah. That's our three rules. Yeah. yeah. Three rules. Because the whole fire all can get sick. Yeah. You don't get yeah. And on time. That's yeah. another and good on one. Time. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> We're not it's good so at that one yet. <laughs> You'll see, like, as you go different places, I, I work with a bunch of guys where the time changes all the time. So it's they follow all the other rules. Um, but, uh, and they like their bowls are bigger than my head that they eat out of. So there's definitely always enough, but they might have lunch at 11 or they might have lunch at four and just get used to it. But it's kind of cool. All right. So that's cool. That's your favorite chore, right? What's your favorite training session? What's your favorite thing to go out there and do? And Chad, we'll start with you this time. I think forcing doors, forcing doors has been a big one with, with DC right now, like, especially like his knowledge of forcible entry and just the different tools and widgets he has for forcible entries. Yeah. Old Mike loves to wreck a door. No question yeah. about that. Yeah. For That's awesome. Yeah. Jake, how about you? Um, probably the live fire we did in our last week of recruit training. We went out to Hell's Kitchen and 
we got it cooking in there and it was it was, it was hot. hot and it, it was hot. it was fun <laughs> it was we were fun. just doing back-to-back back runs back. and getting all that and Mitch was there with us Coleman was there with us watching us and teaching us different things and yeah it was fun especially to be in there with the with these guys and kind of get that bond of uh knowing that like we've got each other's backs inside of a fire and everything so yeah it was it was good in that sense you gotta understand how crazy it is to talk like this right like you're paying to come here and clean bathrooms and cook and smash doors and, go and do back-to-back runs where you're sweaty and dying yeah and it's uh it's amazing, right? This is just such an amazing job. It's crazy. All right, Lee, what uh, training-wise, what's your favorite run? Definitely the uh, live fire and the water rescue stuff. Just getting that knowledge and stuff and working with these guys. I and mean, the rest of the students and everyone else, it's been huge. But yeah, definitely the live fire. I ended up in the hospital after that day, though. Yeah, a little dehydrated. <laughs> no, little I got in a little, little fight with Rescue Randy and... Uh, Messed up my thumb a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay, it happens, right? That's, yeah. that's real life Going stuff, a little right? too hard. It's uh, Everyone is like, oh, no one will ever get hurt. No, like, of course, we're going to get hurt, right? Yeah. we got to limit it, but <laughs> this is a rugged job. Yeah, rugged things happen, yeah. so. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to finish with this piece of the lightning round. So the thing that you're the most looking forward to in this program that you haven't done yet. <laughs> And Jake, you get to go first. I think all of us are really looking forward to wildland season. I don't think they really understand how crazy it gets out here. I've experienced it firsthand back in 2019 when I was up here for May Long, and it was just crazy. But uh, I think it's going to be super fun when we get to hopefully all get to go on some deployments together and meet different fire departments, see how they run, go do sprinkler protection and all that. So. 2019. That was my last spring, Jake. Yeah, that was. I remember that. So, (laughs) yeah, it was. So I'm really looking forward to that, and even just even wintertime, I'm looking forward to being busy with calls and kind of experiencing how like a actual winter is here. I haven't really been here back in a while. Like it does get cold in Edmonton, but it's nothing like up here. So, Lee, what are you looking forward to that you haven't done yet? Definitely wildfire. We don't really get a whole lot of that back in Nova Scotia, so it's definitely going to be uh, an experience, and I'm looking forward to that to to grow on that and uh, just all the different variety of calls. I think that's a, a huge thing because a lot of the calls that you guys run up here is a lot different than back home in Nova Scotia. Chad, you're next. A little bit of wildland, but I'm really excited for the rope rescue stuff. Like, I, I was in it. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm really into the tech rescue, like the confined space. Like we don't really do much confined space at our department in Nova Scotia, but I was on our rope rescue team. I was a rope rescue tech with them, but I just I like the more hands-on it's not like it's not like a fire you're waiting to come in every piece is a moving part in a rope rescue or confined space rescue like everybody has a task it's not like you're on standby to go inside you're it's like a a moving piece that's a cool one that's uh that's never my favorite part of firefighting but uh good on you for for being interested and and that's the fun part of this is we all get to like something different we all get to be part of it and and in a different way right so exciting to be here with you guys today i'm excited for what your future brings right no i'm watching yeah. right yeah. Yeah. reach out anytime if you get jammed up or you need some extra help or you just want to talk or whatever especially for you guys where families are far away right don't be scared to to give me a call anytime and uh i'm excited to get back together closer to the end and and talk about uh what the last year brought and how it all turned out for you Sounds Sounds good. Good. Yeah. yeah we appreciate being on the podcast <laughs> thank you very much yeah, yeah. it's awesome yeah, guys thank you
So that's season three, episode 23, Growing Up Fire. Thanks, boys. Thanks for listening to Growing Up Fire today. Follow me on Instagram at Chief Coots to comment or send questions. We appreciate your support.